Songezo Mapepe on SAFM. Oh, oh, reality check. We've been indulging and indulging without much reasoning, really. Waking up to meat, and this is true for me in the Eastern Cape. You wake up to meat, you dessert on meat, you dinner on meat, and in between are just beverages. A lot of the time sweet for me because I'm a teetotaler, but a lot of the time for others, bitters. A serious problem, and of course, if you start engaging South Africa's health outlook, a lot of it is lifestyle-based. And the question is, how do we reset our bodies after the holiday eating season and the high levels of alcohol consumption? Let's have this reality check. Lerato Khadeba, registered dietitian. Good evening. Welcome to SAFM. And thank you especially for being on the line on a public holiday. How are you, ma'am? Good day, good day. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, well, yes. this is a good time for you guys, or is it a bad time for you guys, or a bit of both? Let us know. Well, it it, it should be a good time for, for us as dietitians, but I think a lot of people do not make optimal use of their dietitians as they should be. So it's a new year. Most of our medical aids are being reset, and a lot of our medical aids have a wellness option of seeing a dietitian. So, you know, check in on the medical aid and see if you have a wellness option to see and consult a dietitian once a year, just like we have, like, annual general checkups as well with your physicians or your doctors. Um, now is the time to kind of do that. Go check what's happening with your body. Go check what any risk factors that you might have and what small changes or big changes you can make towards your lifestyle to help, you know, reverse some of the impact of our lifestyle um, conditions. This is a conversation we probably don't have enough of. It might feature in a health-based conversation, but just a conversation about lifestyle our eating habits as a nation and effective use of healthcare facility, preventative use of healthcare facilities, for instance, going for a health checkup so that we can engage early detection of anything that needs further down the line if left unattended for greater interventions, clinical interventions even. How far are we in your experience as a society? I mean, you say it should be a good time, but you're saying it isn't a good time because people don't use your facilities or people don't really even know that there are dietitians who are there to help people correct their eating. Perhaps you might just give us a synopsis of exactly the challenge that South Africa is facing from a lifestyle perspective because lifestyle diseases are one of the quadruple burden of diseases faced by South Africa, among others, obviously. Absolutely, absolutely. It's actually so unfortunate because a lot of these lifestyle diseases and your diseases of lifestyle are your cardiovascular diseases, so like your hypertension, your diabetes, your heart diseases. Um, So many of those diseases are lifestyle, as you've mentioned, and lifestyle-based, and their impact takes time. So by the time you are discovering that you have these conditions, a lot of the damage has already been done. And so the best thing to do is like by er- as early as you can start, like even your children as well should and can be going to your GP once a year for an annual checkup, go to your dietitian as well for an annual checkup and see what it is that you are doing, what mistakes you might be making, and what changes you can make to your lifestyle to reverse these. I mean, if you look at your families and your family histories, 
if anyone can put up their hand and say, I do not have a family member who did not develop hypertension, diabetes, etc., um, you are probably one of the most luckiest individuals at the moment. But most of us can all say that we have that family history, which shows that this is a progression that can lead to that for many of us if you don't have an intervention and make an intervention today. Yeah, um, family history can perhaps give it to you, but lifestyle can perhaps decide what it does to you. And I think that's the way I'm going to summarize what you say. So here we are now, 1st of January, and I think there's a lot of this conversation at this time of the year that takes place or has to take place, as the case may be. And many people might even be bored by this conversation because they are on leave until next week sometimes, so they are well and truly indulging. They are on holiday they're not trying to not have a braai or burgers and chips in the morning or have their beer because it's hot and they're by the beach and this is the only time to get to do it in a year filled with stress and other things that take away the joy otherwise. But there is a reality beyond that and you've articulated in parts that reality. How do we get into habits without necessarily making drastic changes? Because I think parts of the relapse lie in where people say, today I am cutting this and I'm cutting it for the next 30 days or next 45 days or cutting it off, period. And sometimes the body hasn't quite adjusted to that if one's mind has even made that adjustment. And as a result, six weeks later, one is really craving a chocolate and they decide to hell with that. I'm eating that chocolate. And because they haven't kept that discipline for the chocolate, suddenly now they are not going to gym as five times a week. They're going maybe three times a week. And then by the time we get to, goodness, April, May, into the winter months, everything that was that resolution or the plan is out of whack sometimes because the change becomes too dramatic or the commitment to a change becomes too dramatic and by extension open close quote unrealistic your thoughts on that yeah the, the other thing that also might be at play here is that, i mean the festive season is almost like um taking three steps back in order to take one step forward so what we're doing is we're we're like Going, as you mentioned, going on holidays, going to see family members and using that period to absolutely indulge. And I don't know, like most people, like for me, myself, you know, you tend to go on a holiday and when you come back in January, you almost feel like you need a holiday from your holiday. And the same yeah. applies to diet as well, is that people just kind of need like you have a break, you have this time, this excess time that you could be using towards making nice, healthier meals and resetting your body for the new year instead of setting it back by having to recover from all the damage that you are giving it in that period. Um, this is most people's time that you should be able to like cook a nice home-cooked meal, add your vegetables, um, add as much fruit, have fruits, you know, instead of processed foods, you are home, you are able to then cook and, um, you know, you can still indulge, but indulge on healthier and good healthier options in terms of what we're doing. So that's probably the biggest thing that most people come back from January, like so far set back in terms of their nutrition because they've been giving their bodies such a knock with the bad diets that they've been having over the two three weeks festive period and then their body like most people like it's become a joke where people say like i kind of want cabbage and nothing else but cabbage but most of us need a break from our festive diet by the time we come back and our body tells us that 
I've had enough. I cannot eat any more meat. I cannot have any more alcohol. I cannot have any more this. And if you're that person who at least listens to their body and gives their body what they're asking for, that's the best thing that you can do for your body. But a lot of us have also learned to not to shut down our bodies speaking to us and not able to listen to our bodies speaking to us. And just what does listening to your body entail? So listening to your body is if you wake up and you have a hangover, that's your body telling you that I've had enough. You've given me too much poison over the last day. This is too much. And instead, you wake up and you have another beer because another beer cures your hangover. That's not listening to your body. You wake up and you're like, I've had enough meat. I, I, I can't, you know. And then you, you still wake up that day and you have more meat. So stop and listen to your body and what your body is telling you. If you are feeling sick of that, like myself, for instance, you know, I just also had my moments of indulgence and I've woken up with a sore throat and I've kind of said, you know what, I'm listening to my body. I've had enough. It's been enough. And I'm back to my fruits and vegetables. I'm back to just making sure I'm having enough water, two liters of water a day. I am only drinking water, nothing else but water, until my body feels, you know, hydrated and better hydrated again. So any other fluids, any other drinks are completely unnecessary. It's time to now just hydrate my body and just stick to water. Maybe the odd um, tea or coffee or cup of tea or coffee, but at the moment I'm sticking to just water only. I'm sticking to making sure that I'm having double my doses of vegetables, so more vegetables than I do fruit. Yes, I am having um, one or two portions of my fruit each day, but because of the high levels of sugar in fruits as well, I'm trying to avoid um, the fruits. So I am sticking to the vegetables. And then processed foods is something that I'm completely like staying away from. So Difficult, of course, as that would be. Because, I mean, processed foods are so available and the convenience by which they come together with fast foods make this conversation that much more difficult to achieve, I suppose, in light of the realities of many people. But perhaps here's what I... Here's what I do want to know, and perhaps you're the best position, at least between ourselves, to engage this, is the allied health practitioners would probably be in a position to advocate for natural medicinal properties of the plants that are available to us. And I would imagine if that is true from a healthcare perspective, as a dietitian as well, which is pretty much managing our lifestyle type healthcare practitioner, the value of us incorporating natural foods strongly in our diets, as opposed to saying, get rid of processed food, get rid of fast foods, but incorporate strongly, that being the message of natural foods, the value of fruits and vegetables and combining them in such a way and using them in such a way that would, if one knew how to use them, supplant the need to go on these weight loss programs that have prescribed drugs, let me say that, but by drugs, of course, I mean over-the-counter medicines or um, ingestible um, material that comes from the pharmaceutical space. Surely that conversation has greater value 
precisely because it speaks largely to what your profession would ultimately advocate. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people are you know, um, creating a mountain out of a molehill when they speak about processed food versus healthy food. I mean, the amount of time that it takes you to maybe like get into your car, go drive to your fast food store is just as much time as it would take you to just you know, open your fridge, cut some tomato, cucumber, and a few peppers together and snack on that. Um, and in terms of cost, it would cost you a whole lot less to, to do that as well. So um, the idea that moving away from our processed foods is a um, something that's very difficult, it is mostly a mind over matter thing. We have convinced ourselves that this is easier when it's not easier. We've convinced ourselves that it tastes better when it doesn't always necessarily taste better. Uh, we've convinced ourselves it's more the cost. Healthy foods are more expensive than um, processed foods or fast foods, etc., which is also not the case. I've done quite a few theories on my Facebook page in terms of low-cost healthy meals that are way, 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 way cheaper than any, you know, fast food that you can, and I can run another series on that as well to just disprove the fact that it is not the case. So it is something that is largely, I would like to say, psychological. We have to deal with the psychology around food as well and um, what, you know, food has done for a lot of people, um, it is a reward. It is what we use for celebrating. That's why, I mean, if you think of a birthday party that does not indulge in alcohol, most people think, what kind of a celebration is that? So uh, what we're struggling with is really more the psychology of food than the actual barriers that people perceive to be in place Absolutely. eating healthier. So just process what food has been for you, why you associated with certain things, why I, I sometimes speak to a lot of parents in terms of children who are actually on the verge of overfeeding their children because they associate giving their children food with love and I love my And child. I would imagine you have many fights with parents because that becomes a very personal conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it literally is, it, it's not the barriers that we think that they are. They are more psychological barriers than physical or financial well. ba well. barriers towards it. So I, I, I do look forward to having a conversation where we unpack it. And it's something that you would unpack with other healthcare professionals because I'm not a psychologist as well. And I often refer a lot of my clients to go see their psychologists because that, that, that work also needs to come into place. Very well. No, I certainly will consider that. And um, that's a production team decision as well. But I, I think you touched on something which certainly piqued my interest a lot more. And that is the diets or the diets that are followed by young people, because I think we are moving in the wrong direction in relation to engaging our food for the purposes of building a healthy society. And lifestyle diseases are an indication that perhaps a lot more harder decisions need to be made and by harder decisions i don't mean sort of abrupt difficult decisions but just mm -hmm. engaging that psychology to which you make reference to and in terms of what children are 
being made to eat. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly keen to have that one going forward, certainly. Let's just wait for the year to pick up a bit of steam so that we can get a debate going as well. But thanks for your time. I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for having me. Have an awesome year ahead. I shall, certainly. And I wish you that as well, Ms. Lerato Khadebem. Tim Kulubungane Mafuza Fulele, registered dietitian.